message on questions is what's going on in Christendom. And I'd just like to give you a little history and share a little bit of my heart this morning and uh, that we're in a real battle uh, for truth uh, throughout our country and especially within the church. And it's easy uh, to do away with what is the truth and go along with the crowd, try to please the crowd, and uh, you get along with them, but you're not getting along with God. And that's a real problem. And I'd just like to share that with you this morning if I could. I think it's amazing all the attacks on the Apostle Paul's truths about the dispensation of grace and why the mystery program that was given to him by Christ has to always be defended. It's amazing. You have to defend it all the time. And uh, just, I'm going to give you a little history this morning. And uh, I hope you get the video. You can play this back, get it on YouTube, whatever, Facebook. But uh, remember your history here. Remember, Paul's about to go to heaven. Uh, his message, the scripture's absolute truth, he wrote 13 books in the Bible, were beginning to wane. They were beginning to go off the scene and even seemingly be lost. You remember those in Asia Minor had turned away from Paul. And it was kind of going downhill there at that time. Some historians believe that at that time, when they turned away from the Apostle Paul, that that true church body went into a nosedive, and that helped to lead into the dark ages. And the dark ages were absent of truth. That's why it was dark. Sort of like America today, by the way. Uh, today we're seeing a real exclusion of the truth of the Word of God. Uh, our country is becoming a dark, lost truth to our culture today. If a Supreme Court nominee can't explain what a woman is, we're in a heap of trouble. Amen? Amen? That's a fact, yeah. And so you're seeing truthful biblical morality dissipating, vanishing from our society like we've never seen before. And it breaks your heart when you see that. And as a dispensationalist, who am proud to be one, not ashamed of that, I remember a number of years ago, I was reading a book by Fred Lewis is his name. And he said there were four major Pauline mystery truths lost during the dark time, the dark ages. Four important doctrines that were seemingly lost was not available like it was when Paul was on the scene. The first one, they lost the mystery gospel of grace heavenly program. Uh, they lost that. Uh, uh, in the Gentile mission to the world, it was apart from Israel's favoritism. But that was given over to man himself transforming the world to make the world a better place. And they gave up Pauline truth to humanism. 
And then the second thing that was lost is the pre-tribulation rapture of the body church only. That truth, the rapture, was a secret. It was hid. It was a mystery until the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul is the first one who ever mentions about the calling up of the body of Christ. And by the way, him alone talked about that rapture. That was given over to people who says, no, there's only one resurrection, the general resurrection. We'll all be raised up at the same time. Lost, saved, all at the same time. Of course, that's not true. The third thing that was lost is the difference, the separation of the body of Christ from the nation of Israel. Through Paul's ministry, the middle wall partition was the law was taken down. Now it was to everybody, the gospel of grace. And God's not done with Israel. He still has a plan for her. But that was given over to covenant theology, which is the church has replaced Israel. And of course, that's not true. We've never replaced Israel. We've been an individual separate entity called the body of Christ. We've never been a part of the nation of Israel, have anything to do with the nation of Israel in that way. The fourth doctrine that was lost was the justification by faith alone in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ alone. In other words, a person gets saved by putting their faith in Christ and his finished work. Nothing else saves. But that was given over to grace plus works. Baptism, church membership, law, you know, self-righteousness, all those things was added at that time. And the amazing thing is that throughout history then, throughout our history, progressively, these Christ-given Pauline truths were recovered. They were lost during those dark times, and throughout history, they finally began to come to the forefront again, to be recovered. Example of that is justification by grace through faith alone in Christ and his finished work. That truth was recovered through the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century. The message of faith salvation had been lost until a guy came on the scene by the name of Martin Luther. And Martin Luther realized the just shall live by faith. It's by faith that one is saved. Of course, him being a priest, in the Roman Catholic Church, hearing that, they claimed it was a new doctrine invented by Luther, and it was heresy. So there was a real battle between the Catholics and the Protestants at that time. Some, as today, they uh, say about rightly dividing that it's new and it's invented teaching. And we say, no, it's not. It's been here since the scriptures have been written. The apostle Paul wrote about it. And if it was lost, it was not lost by God or the scriptures. It was lost because of man's sin. 
and God recovered it so man could have it. The second doctrine was recovered, the difference between Israel and the body of Christ. The difference between these two entities is it was recovered in the 1800s by John Nelson, E.W. Bullinger, and Sir Robert Anderson. And they separated Israel from the body. In time past, God dealt with the nation of Israel. Israel finally crucified Christ, rejected the offering. God set them aside. He saved a first person beginning the body of Christ by the name of Saul of Tarsus, the apostle Paul. It's in the but now. That's where we are in today. The gospel of grace, the dispensation of grace, the body of Christ. That's what we're in today. One day we're going to be raptured out of here. Then God resumes his dealings with Israel. But they separated Israel and the prophetic program from the body of Christ, the mystery heavenly program that was given to the apostle Paul. And they recovered that. The third doctrine was recovered, the pre-tribulation rapture of the church body only. It was recovered in the 19th century, the mid-1900s. It was rediscovered, in a sense, by John Nelson Darby, C.I. Schofield. They came to the conclusion that the scriptures taught that the body of Christ will be taken up to heaven prior, before the tribulation ever begins. The body of Christ has nothing to do with the tribulation. We've been delivered from the wrath to come. We don't have to worry about that. And so they begin to bring this truth to light again. And the fourth doctrine that they had lost, the distinct mystery message and message of heavenly grace, it was recovered in the mid-1900s by J.C. O'Hare, C.F. Baker, Cornelius Stamm, and others. And others that I have looked at and studied, they've carried this on and have kept bringing it to the forefront for us. People like Les Feldick, Paul Sadler, his son, Keith Blades, Richard Jordan, R. Dawson Barlow, great man. He wrote a great book. John Fredrickson, Joel Fink that we'll be having at our church at a men's conference. Donald Webb, David Reed, Vernon Schultz, S. Craig McDonald, John Verstigen, Dr. Nix, Ricky Kurth, Clarence Larkin, Arthur Sins, William Thurman, C.O. Griggs, Walter Patrick, Michael E. McDaniel, Casey Gronevelt, Lehman Strauss, with the stamp of approval from God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God. <laughs> These people have maintained it and brought it to the forefront once again. And boy, does religion hate it. <laughs> it hates its truth. Romans 16, 25. Now to him that is power to establish you according to my gospel the one Christ gave it to him, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. But now is made manifest by the scriptures 
of the prophets, the ones that were with Paul at that time, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Paul says this in Ephesians 3, 2. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, and to make all men see. Why don't we understand that? He wants all men to see this truth. All men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Why is that hard to believe and follow? It's the word of God, is it not? Colossians 1.25 says this, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given, me, given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hidden from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Through me, Christ gave me this new gospel of grace and its accomplishments that shows you can be saved by faith alone in the gospel alone. Nobody else knew this until God revealed it to me to share to you. In other words, all the Old Testament, the four Gospels and early Acts knew nothing about this great salvation that I'm preaching. Amen? During the time of the Dark Ages, prior to the recovery of these truths that Paul was given to him by Christ, during those dark times, as it came out of those dark times, a new hybrid church endorsed by most of the early church fathers, came on the scene. But this new hybrid church was a distorted version of the earlier believing body church. It's called Christendom. And that's what we have today. Before Paul left for heaven, he repeatedly warned what was taking place. He warned of his fear for the body of Christ and its future. They at Asia, Turkey, Asia Minor, had left him. And he had seen it in Galatia and these other churches. And he saw these things. And he was fearful about the body of Christ not making a difference. Notice these verses. Acts 20, verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul was concerned about this. Then he says, but I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted, now get this, from the simplicity that is in Christ. Do you see that? 
The simplicity is Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, rose again. That's sufficient to save you. But also that gospel of grace is sufficient to help you live for him. Then he states in Galatians 1, 6, I marvel that you are so soon, this is why Paul's alive, removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. They were already going to another gospel. 1 Timothy 4, uh, 1, I believe. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times for the body of Christ, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines, teachings of devils. Untruth is going to take over the church in the end times. He says there, This thou knowest that all they which are in Asia will be turned away from me. This is right before Paul goes to heaven. The last book he wrote, 2 Timothy 4, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. People would rather have their ears itch than hear the truth. We would rather get excited, jump up and down a little bit, and go out and that felt good, and that is no anchor. Amen. With this immediate apostasy happening at the end of Paul's life, Paul's mystery truth began to vanish from the preaching, from the teaching, from the dialogue of church leaders. Pauline truths were ignored or misinterpreted because they did not fit the doctrine of one's church, one's denomination, one's college, one's seminary, or one's tradition, or former beliefs. And the great enemy that blocks us from accepting Pauline truth is pride. I know what I believe. Don't let me be moved. I'm not compromising. Amen. The church's stand became, if the majority of Christian people believe in something, then it simply must be true. Huh? With that, truth by majority, then that meant the minority must be denied. Huh? That meant anything that's against the majority's beliefs should be suspect of error and even heresy. God forbid you should disagree with what we have determined to be truth. I can read my Bible. I can believe what the Bible says. Amen. I don't know what your truth you're going to stand on. That's okay. But I know what the truth is. Again, I've said many times, where does the Bible ever say that Israel's little flock or the body of Christ would be in the majority? Never. We've always been a remnant, always in the minority. The truth is, the few believers who have stood up dispensationally strong, they've been demonized, silenced by powerful leaders of religious churches, schools, and so-called Christian media and publishers. 
Let me ask you, when's the last time you heard a rightly dividing message on TBN or Daystar? Maybe one in a thousand, (laughs) and I'm giving them grace in saying that. Amen. Thank God for those individuals who went out to smaller stations and got the true gospel out. Les Feldick, Mr. Sadler, Richard Jordan, and a couple of others that do have TV programs that's proclaiming the truth. And we can't forget all the satanic attacks against God's dispensation of grace. Satan has attacked that message. He has been successful, has he not? And we have to overwhelmingly say yes. Within Christendom's churches, there are 2 Corinthians chapter 11. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. They wear their collar backward. They speak of love. Not doctrine. Love everybody. And shall be according to their works. And as a result of that, that has created false gospels, false doctrines, false gods, false spirits, false prophets, false apostles, and false scriptures. And this helps for them, helps true believers from being able to hear and to grasp the dispensation of the gospel of grace truths. It prevents, they never hardly ever hear that thing. You say something to them, say, where'd you get that? Say, well, the Bible says here. They say, what? Paul tells and warns us, and I'm trying to show these things scripturally, neither give place to the devil. Amen. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. uh, Colossians 2, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Romans 16, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned from Paul, and avoid them. He says, Galatians 5, 7, For they that are such... No, okay, verse 7, forgive me. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? What's, what's hindering you from obeying the truth of dispensationalism? First Thessalonians 3, 5. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter, Satan, have tempted you and our labor be in vain. And Romans 16, 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. I thought I'd just mention that. He doesn't always have the victory. Amen. We, one day, he'll be under our feet. Satan attacks dispensational churches. You know why? 
It's the gospel of grace that defeated him. The accomplishments of the cross defeated him. He hates it so much. Amen? He's a wounded enemy. And he tries to confuse us, to divide us, to beguile and deceive us, to fool us to stand against God's mystery wisdom, to make us to have little credibility so that other people won't listen to the words of truth. Huh? He's good at it, isn't he? Paul tells of this battle in Ephesians 6. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil, the evil day, and having all done all to stand. Verse 19, then Paul says this to him, And for me, that utterance may be given, pray for me, may be given unto me, what, Paul? That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And that's something. God, help me to be bold. You've revealed these truths to me. We're completely separate from Israel. We have our own gospel in a sense. I know of its accomplishments now. God, give me boldness. Help me not to go back in fear and be hesitant but to stand up for you. Here at Grace Point, after 13 years of relentless attacking the devil from the devil, he's attacked our lives. As we look back, our marriages, our families, our health, our focus, what a pandemic, our finances, our staff, our growth, our fellowship, and he sent all these attacks to take us down. But here we stand. Amen? We're still standing. And Paul says this, in closing, coming down the stretch, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, <coughs> knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might be through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, he calls it, 
which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In other words, God says, hang in there. Amen? You don't have to worry about losing your grip. He's got you. Amen? I remember my last year at Emmanuel. I remember I had a book on the shelf by Cornelius Stamm. And I had separated the body in Israel. I had preached the gospel. As I look back, I'm so grateful I did. But I said, well, I'm going to see what this says. And I began to read Dr. Stamm's book. Come across some things by Les Felly. And all of a sudden, lights began to come on. Scripture began to be, make sense. Scripture was in its right place when you rightly divide. And to me, it became exciting but also revealing because some, some, not a lot, but some of my beliefs had to be changed. So do I change, swallow my pride, or do I just go on chugging along everything like it is? But I knew if I was a man of God at all, I had to do what God wanted me to do. And so I jumped in. And that last year, I began to teach some of it during Sunday school. And, and by through the Spirit of God, I began to see where it would eventually lead. And I said to myself, this is going to be a bumpy ride. Uh, then, of course, retired from Emmanuel, went to university for two years under very difficult circumstances. But it was through those difficult circumstances that I kept learning, and it was a confirming time. Regardless of what they said, I know what the Scripture said. And so it was confirming to me, yes, you knucklehead, what I'm saying to you is the truth. And then finally, 13 years ago, 14 this Easter, we, we started this church here. And it's been a growing, a learning time for me. And today I'm more convinced than ever before that rightly dividing dispensationalism is correct. And I could never, ever go back to where I was. And you have to understand, coming from a pastor's heart, that I know, I've said this to you before, but I'll say it again, I know that I have to stand before God one day. I have to give an account of what I have said. To me, that's frightening. And some people say, oh, I just can't wait to see Jesus. And I say, yeah, I'm excited about that, but on the other hand, I've got an answer. And I want to be able to do it with a happy heart that I stood according to what your truth said. If I believed for one moment it was incorrect, I would change it immediately because I know I have to stand before him one day. 
but I am assured as I read, as I study, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but what? Rightly divide the word of truth. And I challenge you to get in your book, know what we're saying. See it for yourself. Not just because I say it. Let the lights come on in your heart, in your mind. And I promise you, it'll transform your thinking. It'll clear up many passages. Are there passages in the Bible we don't know now? No, we still, we, we're finite. We, we can't grasp everything, but even as a Baptist, there are a lot of verses I didn't understand. But I went on and preached them anyway. I went on, I was a good Baptist. I did what the creed said. The greatest thing of it all was the gospel of grace that Christ died for my sins, was buried and rose again, was enough and is enough to save me and to save anybody. If that gospel can save me, it can save you. Amen? And what we see going on today is we see them maintaining under the kingdom program, reaching over, taking our gospel, bringing it back under that kingdom gospel, and they make it all kinds of things, whether it's lordship, salvation, whether it's plus works, whatever it might be. But nobody gets saved out of that gospel. And that gospel didn't get here until Paul got here. You say, how did people get saved prior? They got saved by faith in the revelation that was revealed to them at that time. They had faith in what God said. Abraham believed he was going to have a son, and God accounted it to him for righteousness. Amen? Father, we love you. Lord, I love your word. Thank you that it's true. Thank you that we can believe it, follow it. And I just pray this challenges our people to get in your word and study it. They need help, we're here. Thank you for revealing these truths to me a number of years ago. I wish I were more efficient at it, God. So I just pray for grace and strength and power and illumination from you that I might know it even better. Pray for our congregation. May we not have to cry night and day with tears because we knew they were leaving the truth. God, multiply our group. Send us people to get saved and then people who loves your word and we'll stand upon it. And we promise anything that good that happens through our church, we'll give you the glory and you alone. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpnd.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you is our prayer.